friends and welcome back to Of The Essence with Liz. Today I want to give you all an update. I feel like it's been a minute since I checked in with you guys and I've been going through some stuff. I am in the midst of a move coming up in a couple of weeks and just went through a breakup as well. And I just feel like a lot of stuff in my life is changing right now. I'm in a transitional phase where it's been kind of tough on me and I've been feeling sad and stressed and a little bit overwhelmed and, you know, even kind of lost at times. And I just wanted to say this in case anyone else is feeling this way. Know that you're not alone. And I'm grateful I am at a part in my journey where I'm not, you know, constantly running away from my feelings and I'm able to just sit with the sadness and grief and, you know, meditate when the feelings of stress bubble up. And I mean, it feels like I'm really going through a death again of my old self and I'm coming into a new transformation and I'm kind of like cocooning a little bit right now, but I'm ready for the rebirth. And I know that this darkness that I'm feeling right now will make the joy and the light that much brighter when it comes. So just being real with you all. And I did want to touch on the breakup a little bit. I just feel like breakups are such a strange transition. It's, you know, you get so close to this person and you're vulnerable with them, you're intimate with them. And then, you know, you come to terms with some decision. For me, I just felt that our values in relationship were not quite resonant. With that being said, I obviously had a lot of love and respect for this person and it was very hard to say goodbye and to even, you know, be okay with that decision and then to go through with it. And yeah, I just think it's such a strange dynamic that you go from being very close to, you know, the no contact rule, right? And I mean, it's odd because I've noticed myself wanting to reach out and I'm missing aspects of this person. And then at the same time, it's kind of a battle mentally because I'm like, okay, well, what's the point of me reaching out? You know, it's like, what will he say? And then what will I say? Or we were never friends before we dated. So it's just a strange dynamic. I know I am kind of the type of person who wants to be friends with all my exes because obviously we got on so well on certain things and I hate to lose a friend, but I know that that's not always meant to be. And sometimes that doesn't work out. It's not realistic. And I think that, you know, people come into your life to either teach you a lesson and give you some love and reflect something back to yourself. And everyone that comes into your life is there to teach you something. And I am grateful to this relationship for for several reasons. And also, sometimes it comes to a point where you have to make the tough decision to let someone go and realize that sometimes people are not meant to be in your life for a longer period. It's not an easy realization. It's painful. But having grace with that and being able to let go is such a courageous decision. And it takes a lot of strength and empathy for yourself and having a bigger vision and faith in just trusting your intuition. And it's hard. And I will say I really struggled to be vulnerable. I struggled to bring this up in the first place because when it came down to it, I was like, well, there's nothing really, quote, unquote wrong. For me, it was this feeling that 
I just didn't see the longevity between us. And that eventually became enough to let this person go. And it's really hard, though. Like, you share all these memories. You, you know, have inside jokes. And then all of a sudden, this person just vanishes from your life. And it's just the strangest thing. But I do think it's also one of the best times for personal growth. I think that these lows and times of transition and cocooning are the times when we get to know ourselves the best. And, you know, we're able to reach out to friends and tell them that we're struggling and ask for support. And that can feel really vulnerable as well. But just being seen in that and, you know, putting your energy into whatever makes you happy. So whatever that is for you. I've been cooking a lot. You know, the podcast brings me a lot of energy and I've just been cocooning and, you know, relaxing with friends. I've been taking a lot of baths and just kind of restoring my energy. And I know that I will emerge anew and it will be beautiful. And I also have patience. And this has been a tough lesson for me because patience has not come easily to me. But you know, I'll I'll continue to be with my sometimes hard feelings in the meantime. And yeah, I just want to say also like aligning with your intuition, trusting that can be really tough sometimes, especially when you know it's going to hurt someone else and you know it's going to be painful. Yet having faith and trust in yourself and your vision, your needs being fully met is so, so important. And speaking your truth, fully expressing yourself is so worth it. So I hope that someone needed this reminder and I I hope this resonates. That'll be all on that. So let's get into the episode now. Today, I interviewed Annie, who is one of my best friends from high school and her future sister-in-law, Nicole. And this was a really interesting combo. We talk a little bit about online dating because that's how Annie met her fiance now. We talk about kind of the journey of going from, you know, dating to getting engaged and planning a wedding. And we also talk about anxiety, which is something that Annie has lived with ever since she was young. We did get into an interesting conversation before we recorded as well. I'm bummed we forgot to loop back to it but we were talking about because I recently got a dog super exciting I adopted a boxer mix she's adorable and I was just talking about some of the struggles of having a dog because she's had some thing going on with her ears and I've taken her to a couple vets and I've been basically told to get various shots and medication and haven't been given a straight answer on even what it is on her ears. So I'm kind of frustrated. And we were just talking about how, you know, dogs are a lot of work and it's amazing having a dog. And it also is a lot of work. And then I was like, wow, well, imagine having kids. Like, I already feel like I give half my life to having a dog. And then, you know, they were both like, well, we talk about this all the time. Like, do We even want kids at this point because you never have time for yourself. I mean, of course, you make time, right? And you figure it out. And, you know, if your partner takes the kid or you get a babysitter or something and you find time. But it is crazy to think about, really, when you already feel like you have to give all this time to an animal 
And to think that like now you are growing a human, it's just, it's a lot. I have personally always wanted kids, but now I'm kind of at a place where I am not questioning that. I'm just not in a rush. I mean, I'm also not in a long-term relationship. So, you know, there's really, really no rush. But yeah, it's a crazy thing. It's like once you have a kid, your entire life is devoted to raising that child. And it's beautiful and amazing. And it's also a lot of hard work that's really like unfathomable until you're in it. But yeah, this was a interesting little conversation that we had. I might have to have them back on to discuss this in more depth. If this resonates at all, if you have any thoughts on this, I would love to hear from you as well. Like I said, we get into anxiety. We get into some tips for dealing with anxiety. We also chatted about being in a long-term relationship, how that factors in with anxiety. And then we talked about some fun little trivia type questions at the end as well. So I hope you all enjoy the episode. And if you haven't already, I would so appreciate if you subscribe, rate, review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. A written review does go a long way. So I would really appreciate that. Hit me up on Instagram if you want to connect. I love hearing about what's resonating and getting your feedback. So I love you all. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have Annie and Nicole today. Welcome, guys. Hi. And this is funny because Annie and I actually did a recording back in May and we had to re-record the episode. So this is really coming full circle months later. Finally. So, Annie, I quickly want to talk about how we got close, which was, what was it? I think it was like sophomore year. We were friends before this, but the one solidifying moment was after my high school boyfriend cheated on me and I called you in like my moment of sorrow and you picked me up and really were there for me in a tough time. Yeah, I think that was our junior year because you started dating him when? Junior year? I think it was end of sophomore, but you're right. It was junior. It was junior year. Yeah. 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 That was definitely crazy. I like, I mean, I've never been cheating. I couldn't imagine like how it is or like what it feels like. But yeah, I remember you were like very broken up about it for a few months. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't need to get into super specifics, but yeah, just being cheated on by who I thought was my best friend. And then I was like questioning everything. And I was like, you just adopted me and we became best friends after that. (laughs) Of course. Always. (laughs) So I'm so happy to have you here. And Nicole is your sister-in-law. Yes. Future sister-in-law to be. If we get there. Yeah. If we get there, we will. (laughs) But yes, my sister-in-law. And how did you two meet your fiance slash husband? Well, I met Ian on Bumble almost seven years ago, which is wild to think about. And He had a twin brother who was dating a girl my same age. And they met, I think, how did you guys meet? We met on the beach. He was the lifeguard there. And then he was lifeguarding with my friend. And then we just met on the beach. Amazing. So was it through like mutual friends or did you just chat like up a lifeguard randomly? No. So like I was friends (laughs) with... Lifeguard. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) I'm with... No, I was friends with the lifeguard that he was working with. And then he just kept coming to talk to us. And I was like, who is this guy? 
And then, you know, the typical, like, he wanted to, like, hang out when we were at the bar or whatever. And then I was like, uh, no, who are you? And then finally I caved in. <laughs> you're like, actually, you're cute. We can hang out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, like, so into him. And then, like, he was into me. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> so I was, like, one of those. Yeah, you always want the guy to be, like, a little more interested. Yeah, but I also feel like it's such a typical... Not saying that we're all not self-conscious, but it's like you want something until something wants you and then you have no interest in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how I know that, Annie, you got engaged, what, almost a year ago now? Thanksgiving a year ago. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, wow. That is yeah. crazy. I know. It's weird. I'm so thankful I'm not getting engaged this Thanksgiving, though. I Same. did not eat at all. Like, I was so anxious after the whole thing. It, like, ruined. Not, it didn't ruin my Thanksgiving. It was an amazing day, but, like, I couldn't eat my Thanksgiving meal. But you sense. were surprise like you didn't know it was coming he had no clue because he had told me because i'm crazy i asked him when he was going to propose to me like over and over again and finally he like sat me down he's like it's not going to happen for another two years so like in my mind it wasn't happening for another two years so yes i was like completely thrown up and he didn't tell anyone yeah well he told me yeah he told her and maybe his brother yeah and his like parents and my parents so i love that he like really just surprised you he he did so well it's so funny because i'm always like you got to surprise me more like randomly one night be like we're going out to dinner like we're going to do this trip and I'm like he never does but then like of course he pulls something like that off I'm like if you could do that you could just surprise me anytime like look how happy I get (laughs) you know for real so why were you anxious after it was just like a lot to process yeah it's like I got engaged on the beach Grace was there and then Mike and Nicole were like sneaking behind and it was like seeing them was already exciting but it's just like it gets overwhelming when the center of attention's on you, which is crazy that I'm having a wedding because it's literally the center of attention's on you. But like, it was like I came back and everyone wanted to talk about it. And it's just like, everyone's excited, which is great. It's just, I have a hard time celebrating myself sometimes. So it's just like a anxious thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to loop back to this topic in one second. I just want to ask Nicole really quick, how, what was your dating process like with Mike and like into your engagement? And obviously you're married now. Can you just tell me a little bit about like the timeline? Yeah. So I was actually a senior in college. So we started hooking up that summer and then I was going to college and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, like I don't really like dating people. Cause like I never wanted, like I was never had the intentions of finding a boyfriend and just not at that time I was a senior in college. And then I went there and we were like talking nonstop, but we weren't like officially dating and like neither of us hooked up with anybody else. And then I actually finished my year a half a year early and I did an internship in New York City. So I came home that December and then we had like just events going on. So I was like kind of home a lot in our on our senior year. And then, yeah, we were just together and then we were dating like I think two years or something and we were both like looking for jobs. And then we found a job in Florida. And we were like, all right, let's just do it. Let's move. Michael didn't go away to college. I've always wanted to move out of New York. And we were like, all right, let's do it. See what happens. And if we hate it, we can come back. And then we were there for five years, obviously, like living together, got close. Then we got engaged and then got married. And then we just came back last year because, you know, be close with this knucklehead and, and Ian and then my brother and sister, too. Awesome. How was Florida? Was that like a challenge for you guys since you moved away from everything you knew? I think it was one of the best times of my life, and I am so happy that we did that. We were teachers the whole time, so the only thing that, like, really were like, all right, let's move home is, like, we were so close with them, so close with my brother who has kids. But if 
everyone moved down there, like we probably 100% would have stayed because it was just like, I mean, it's so nice all year round. Like we had such a great group of friends and it was, I mean, Long Beach doesn't change. So if you leave, like we were gone for five years and then we came back and we missed like nothing. I mean, it's just like a town that I love it so much, but like you could leave for so many years and come back and nothing's happened. So it's, we missed it. But when we came back, it was like, we'd been here forever. So we were never like, really homesick and like we came here since we were both teachers in the summer so we have two months here or whatever so it was never really like we were that homesick we really enjoyed our time in Florida yeah that's so nice having a place that you can come back to like Long Beach and just feeling that sense of community that not not much has changed even if yeah you know like physical things have changed you know that it's like this essence is the same yeah. So, Annie, I know your wedding is next year. What, what's what been on your mind in regards to, like, the wedding planning? Honestly, I probably should be more on my mind. <laughs> I wanted to get a lot of things done at first. We had, like, a year and a half before we had to get married. So I, like, got all the basics done. Now it's just, like, the small details. Like, I've chosen all my bridesmaids. Like, I got to send an email out about, like, dresses. And it's just, like, getting all the minor details in there, like, getting the buses and doing things like that, that is so like not fun of the wedding process that I'm like, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. Like I already did the fun stuff. I just want the day to come. Like to find out the small details is just not fun for me. Like I don't give a shit when the bus is going to pick people up. Like it's just things like that where I'm like, this isn't like the fun part of wedding planning. Like I'm excited for my wedding, but it's just like a lot's going on. Like work's very busy. Like I feel like each day at the end of work, like I'm a little bit drained from doing planning for my boss all day that I feel like the last thing I want to do is plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like decision fatigue. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. Like I make decisions for someone else all day. I don't want to make a decision for myself. That honestly stresses me out thinking about it because I have enough trouble like figuring out what I'm going to do in a day. (laughs) I know, Liz. You have enough trouble trying to figure out what you're going to do in an hour. (laughs) I mean, how long to get this podcast back? Like, Liz, literally, you and I are the worst where we had it on the schedule. And two weeks later, we both go, whoops, weren't we supposed to do that two weeks ago? Like, not good. (laughs) I think we also had it on the schedule another day and both of us were like, eh, I don't really feel like it tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> both we'll, we'll just to respond. We'll make it happen. But like, I feel like that's just us. Like, we always do this shit. It definitely is. Okay, so I want to talk about looping back to the anxiety thing. You have always been like an anxious person. And I kind of want to ask about your first experience of when did you realize I'm having this feeling of anxiety. Like, when did you experience it for the first time? I think I know now when I was a kid, I had really bad anxiety. Like, I couldn't sleep. Like, I think I've talked about this before, but I had this constant fear my parents were gonna, weren't going to work going to pick me up. So, like, if I was at someone's house and my parents didn't pick me up at the time, they're going to pick me up. I had straight panic attacks. Like, people didn't want me to come over anymore because it was like, I'd freak out. Like, sometimes I would be like, my mom's outside, but she wasn't. I'd just start walking home. So I think there was always, like, a weird anxiety I had of growing up, like, just about stupid things. My parents aren't showing up. They've abandoned and abandoned me. Like, just dumb. But then I really, I feel like I was pretty much fine. Like, I don't remember having anxiety for a very long time. And then I think I knew I finally had an anxiety in college. Like, after my first big breakup of five years, all I knew was one person. So... After we broke up and we stopped talking, I like just couldn't sleep and I constantly felt sick to my stomach. And like, I mean, there was a period where I like didn't shower and sleep for like days. And I just remember being like so depressed and so anxious. And like, finally, I talked to a therapist on campus and she was like, I think you have anxiety. And I like, you know, didn't know what anxiety I did know what anxiety was, but I had never really 
knew what it was. And I was dumb. No, I like I knew what anxiety was, but I didn't know what it was like to experience anxiety. It's like anyone who doesn't have anxiety is like, well, what do you mean you're anxious? Like, what are you anxious about? I'm like, I, I have no idea. So, yeah, I really my first time having anxiety was my sophomore year in college. And then I finally got on medicine like end of my sophomore year in college. Yeah, no, I remember at one point you telling me or not one point, probably several, but that you were anxious and I would be like, what does that even feel like? I really didn't understand. (laughs) Yeah. And then obviously years later, like I get it now for sure. But yeah, I mean, there was a girl at work the other day who like recently broke up with her boyfriend and she was like, I was like, she's like, I just feel really anxious. And I was like, that's how I feel every day. She's like, I'm not an anxious person. Like, I've never felt like this before. And I'm like, you are lucky. Bless you. <laughs> Count your blessings because I have it every day. <laughs> and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to think about, like, the scientifics behind it, too. Like, it almost seems like it's just something that's knocking off, like, the homeostasis in your body, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, why would your body be like that all the time? Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. I don't get it. Have you learned about ways that you can regulate your own nervous system? And do you have any tips you could maybe share with other people who experience anxiety? Honestly, I don't have good tips for myself. Like I, I told you, I do this thing sometimes when I get out of the shower where I like almost suffocate myself. That just sounds crazy. It's like people breathe into a paper bag, but I like almost try and like control my breathing so I can like feel it. But like I shove the towel in my face. So that's like something I've just learned to do always. It's like when I'm very anxious, I'll like go shower and just do that. But recently, like I was talking to Nicole the other day and she said that she's been doing like the five senses. Have you heard of that thing? No. So like if you get really, really anxious, like when you're anxious, it's more like intrusive thoughts, like for the future. And like when you're depressed, it's the past. So like when you have both, it's just like a fucking nightmare. But for anxiety, you're so focused on the future and what's happening and you need to like bring your body back into the present tense. And the only way to like, not the only way, but like a way to do that is to like, just think of like your five senses. So like I'll say sight and then I'll name five things that I can currently see or like sound five things that I can hear right now. And like, it kind of brings you back to like your state of mind, like state of being and to the present tense. So you like get out of your head and you stop thinking about those crazy thoughts that are making you anxious in that moment. I like that. Yeah. And that reminds me of like, even just meditation, like connecting to the breath that usually makes me feel really better and got the count of it. But I think it's like breathe in, breathe in like seven, hold nine and then breathe out like yeah. whatever the number is. I forgot what it is, but that's super. I think it's exhale longer. Yes. To like let it go. Yeah. And like hold on to it for a couple of seconds. Yeah. I really like that, especially if you're like trying to go to bed. Calms you down. Yeah. Is that I think it's box breathing. Yeah. I'm just such a weirdo. Like, I'm like, there's things I could do that would help my anxiety. But sometimes it's, this is going to sound crazy. Sometimes my anxiety, like, motivates me to do things. Like, when I'm anxious at work, I feel like I get a lot more done because I'm like, what am I doing? Like, my head's going at a million a minute, which, like, exhausts me at the end of the day. But I don't know. Like, I, my anxiety, like, I feel like I can cope with it well enough that I don't always have to do that unless I'm having really bad anxiety, which hasn't happened in a little while. But Yeah, like recently she said the five senses and I had like seen that on TikTok before and I was like, oh, you're right. Like I haven't even thought about doing that. But, you know, like there's just things I probably should be doing more of. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of this, but sometimes just like a cold shower, like I don't have an ice bath, but a cold shower for 30 seconds up to two minutes. I mean, I never do two minutes. Yeah, Let's not get crazy. 
but it really actually does help me mentally. It makes me feel like I can like conquer anything. And yeah. No, that is so good for you. Like I I've shown like studies that you're supposed to do it daily. I don't know why. I, I can't. can't mentally. Michael, every day after he showers, every single shower, he ends it really, really cold. So does Ian. I can't get past it. I go, absolutely not. So I recently saw this girl, a guy I knew in college is dating slash married to this girl who like has a food blog. And I was watching her and she said she started a challenge with herself. She goes, she lives in Cape Cod. She goes to the beach every day and dunks herself in the water, like mm. the cold water challenge. And she said it's been regulating her. So like, it's no, it's been, amazing. It's amazing. You. But I try and do it in the shower. I, I legit turn it cold for it one second. I go and I go know. right back to hot. I'm I like, can't. I why cannot. can't I? Burn? And then I'm not like I'm shivering. I'm chattering like. And my hair, especially in the winter, my hair would snap. I was going to say, especially in the winter, because it's 20 degrees outside. I'm like, why do I want a freezing cold shower right now? Yeah, that's the last thing on my mind. But, but it's amazing for you if you could do it. More but I will tell you. you, I will tell you, I think the shower is harder for me. Like, let's just say I had the ocean literally in my backyard or a pool or a small thing that no, I knew I can jump. I had a pool in Florida. I never, ever, I went in that pool probably five times. But I think if you knew you were, but it was really cold. Like, Liz, when we were at no, the- it was freezing. I said no. When we were in the hot springs, we were in that hot water and I go, let's go do that cold dip. Was it with yeah. you? And I went- We kept doing it. He's back and we did it. And I was like, like my whole body woke up and I was like, well, I think if I had something where I had like an ice bath where someone filled it up and like, you have to do it, I would do it. It's just yeah. me doing it myself. I can't. I'm like, I can't do it on myself. No, I remember at the hot springs, we kept doing it. Like I was addicted. Once I did it once, I was like, I have to keep doing this. But I think because we knew we can jump back into a hot spring. It's like people who yeah, jump into yeah. a pool and a jacuzzi. Yeah, but, at but least I, the point of like, like when you do the cold shower, you're supposed to get out after. You're not supposed to like put No, out you're supposed to like, yeah, you're supposed to end it with the cold. Yeah. Or if you're doing the cold, like what you're supposed to do is like breathe, like regulate your breathing oh, yeah. while doing it. But I'm yeah. like, like freezing, trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm like holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. Like, I'm like, I got to get better. That's something I, maybe that's a new year goal for myself. Like trying to do more of that because there's things yeah. I need to be doing. Let's motivate each other. I'm down for that. But also like, I'm all for like new year's goals and everything. But I feel like what I've noticed Everyone starts a new goal in January. If you do it like month by month, like why not just start today or tomorrow? I really should. It's me. Yeah. Like, we're, I'm like don't Monday, wait I'm another start. month and a half. All right. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. Okay. Handshake over the computer. Yeah. Handshake. Yeah. You didn't shake my hand. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow we're doing it. It's literally going to be in like single digits tomorrow here, but doing it. But I'll cheer you too. On. We'll start a group chat. Liz. We'll show a picture of us thumbs up after the yeah. shower. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So do you notice? That certain environments and scenarios trigger your anxiety? Yes, but not as bad. Okay, example. I do find now at concerts and things like that where sometimes it would make me anxious. Walking, being the last person in a room, most anxious I could be. Oh my God, so horrible. That's like one scenario that I absolutely cannot. Like when if, we showed up for Halloween, I was like, this is a nightmare. I think I have to go. And usually I complain. I go, why am I the first one here? And I actually am I know, thankful. I know, I know. Thankful. I will be first every time now. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Terrible. I have to say hi to everyone. And no, no, it's I don't like that. Well, uh, so I think Halloween was a little messed up, though, because everyone. So for our Halloween parties, we always do like a great theme and everyone goes all out. So when you don't know what people are being. So when they walk in the house, everyone's like, oh, my God, who are they? So we walked into like a huge group of people yeah. staring at us. And I was like, I'm like taking so much in right now. Like, this is not not it no yeah but even still like being that last person when people have to turn and look oh. at you it's scary yeah good luck at your wedding that's so oh. funny yeah oh my god your wedding 
I wonder if everyone hold my hand, like walking down the aisle doing this. Like it's too much. Your dad will be there to walk you down. Yeah, yeah. He he's just a goofball. But I'm trying to think. Nothing really. I mean, obviously going to interviews, but I feel like that makes everyone anxious. There's not really a lot that makes me as anxious. I used to be anxious when I say all the time. Like I'm anxious, obviously, all the time now. But my anxiety used to be like I could hardly eat in a room. So like anything would make me anxious. But really, not a lot does as much anymore like what would you say yours are that's good it's funny you say the last person to enter a room because I would have never thought that but once you're saying it now like I get it honestly I get anxious about saying goodbye to people sometimes like I just like Irish exit I'd so much rather yeah and I'm trying to think what else I don't know sometimes like I'll just be anxious when I'm high and I just think I'm being like super awkward well, yes, I think smoking weed and being in an environment with people, if it's not, if there's like, if I'm in a bar and there's loud, me. sometimes if I'm at a bar and people are drinking, it's kind of loud, that times I'm good. Yeah. But when it's like an awkward party to begin with and then I smoke and then I'm like, oh my God, it's even more awkward than I thought. That's when I get a little anxious. Yeah, I guess things. you like, like yeah. really think, yes. but I think it makes you like people chattier. Yeah, sometimes. Like it really depends. Like, yeah, for sure. And sometimes it's like if you don't know the people that well, then it could be the awkwardness is exacerbated. Oh, yeah. like I've done it where I'm like, it's me and Ian. I'm going to do it like like I did at his career party event. event. And I just was like, I knew people, but then I just got super awkward. I was like, why did I do this? Like, people I know. Don't know I, that yeah, well. yeah. No, I wouldn't do it with people. I don't really know. Yeah. Me neither. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How has being in a long-term relationship factored in with your anxiety? Like, did you feel the anxiety from the beginning? Did it like creep up like when you were already serious? And like, how has it been since, you know, he obviously knows that you experience anxiety and all that. So I love Ian. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have anxiety. So it's hard to talk to someone who doesn't experience anxiety or say, you know, like, he tries to be helpful as much as he can. And would be like, I'm sorry, you're anxious or blah, blah, blah. But I feel like if you don't go through it yourself, it's hard to relate to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like any situation. Like if someone like loses someone in life or like anything like that, like it's so hard for me to compare how I feel to them because I've never felt that. So sometimes I feel like he is helpful in certain situations and other situations. I'm like, you're not helping me. And that's not his fault because he doesn't know what it feels like. But it all depends. Like, I've been anxious since the beginning. I mean, our first date, I didn't eat, and it was a brunch date. I ordered food, and I looked at it the whole time. Like, it was like that. I'm that type of person. So it's it just like I've always been that way. But it's just, I think it's difficult for anyone who doesn't experience anxiety to be in a relationship with someone like that. And, and not to their fault, they're learning. But it's also, in a way, hard because you could say, I'm frustrated, or I just acted this way because my anxiety got bad. And they could be like, well, what were you anxious about? Or like, why did that get you angry? And you're like, I truly don't know. Like, I, it was just, it's a lot of the time my bad. I just rebel and act a certain way, but they don't know why I'm acting this way because of, they don't feel it within themselves, I guess. I get that. And when you were initially like early on in dating, were you open about the fact that you had anxiety? Yes. I, I mean, I say I'm anxious to everyone. Like I say it to people at work I just met. Like I, I think it's just like how I kind of approach it. So people are like, like I'll say weird things sometimes. I'm like, sorry, I'm a weird, anxious human. Can um, you say that sentence daily? Daily. Like I'm just, I, I don't know how else. I think I that's think just that's my- I think that's how you introduce yourself. It's just my personality. So I am anxious, Annie, yeah. starting podcast, yeah, 2023. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
that's just how it is. So yes, he's always known I've had anxiety. Whether he thinks it's real or not. No, he thinks it's real. But whether he's like, are you really having anxiety yeah. or are you just saying you're having anxiety? Mm -hmm. And did you know there was like something special about Ian from the start? Or were you kind of like trying to like go? I think he was, you said he was the only Bumble that you ever went on or something. Yes. Yeah. I hate his small talk. So everyone I met on Bumble was like, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do on the weekends? I was like, no. Ian was like right away, like, hi, hi. Like, do you want to go get coffee? And I was like, sure. I straight up told him I don't drink coffee, but at the time I didn't. I was like, but I can go get tea with you. And then we ended up getting brunch. I don't know what it, it's so weird because like, I feel like me and Ian in the beginning of our relationship, I guess what intrigued me is like, I guess he had a lot of self-control and I don't at all. Like he was sober at the time. He was, you know, like he had his right. He knew what he wanted to do with his life where I was like, kind of like this living in New York City, working as a nanny, I think at the time. and. I don't know. Like, I was like, all right, he's got his shit together. So, yeah, that's definitely appealing. And also, yeah, I hate small talk so much. That's why the dating apps are like painful sometimes. I know, Liz, when I'm with you, you're like, how do I answer this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't like to answer Dude, these questions. I've stopped doing it altogether. I just refuse now. For other people like me, like, oh, this person's hot, this person's hot. No, maybe not yours. Maybe. No, I don't think so. No, Liz, you and Liz have never met personally. I'm like the only single one. You are. Right now, you're the only single one. Was everyone always? Yeah. Well, Maybe Grace. Yes, Grace. Oh, Jennifer yeah, Grace, yeah. My sister. There it is. I bet Grace has a good profile. She does. It's Grace. No, she it? has some cute photos. Yeah, she does. She's good. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like you're anxious on dates? Well, it's. No, it's funny, though, because the guy that I've been seeing told me that on our first date, he could tell I was nervous. Oh, really? I didn't think I was nervous. Well, maybe a little bit, but like, I, I feel like I usually don't get that nervous because I'm just like, oh, well, you're like the chillest pill in all of the world. Yeah. How do you get nervous? Like, I mean, I'm not saying how do you get nervous? I just don't picture you nervous. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't think I was either. I kind of was like a little bit of like butterflies, but I was like, eh, whatever. Cause I kind of go into things like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? It's like, I either have a good time with this person or I have like a funny story to tell later. And it's true. You yeah. know? So. Dating is funny. Uh, okay, this is an interesting one. So do you believe in soulmates? Like, do you think that we have one soulmate or multiple or do you not believe in soulmates at all? No, I've said this. I truly and will say without a doubt, I believe in soulmates, but I don't believe in one soulmate. Like, I think all my friends like you, Nicole, blah, 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 are like my soulmates in life. Mm -hmm. Like obviously Ian's my soulmate, but I do not believe in one soulmate. I don't think there's one person out there who's your soulmate because I feel like you you have soulmates with like friends or definitely you know, like any anyone you love deeply. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you know? that. And I think it's it's like a more closed minded and honestly it could be even like an upsetting belief to take on the fact that like you think that there's only one soulmate because then God forbid something happens to that person, you know? Yeah. True. Okay. I have some random questions. Uh, let's start with, would you rather date someone 10 years older or 10 years younger? Older. 100%. Yeah. I mean, 10 years younger, they're fucking 20. Also, like, so immature. It's just also, I was talking about this with my boss the other day. He was like, we don't mature till we're 46 years old. Yeah. Like, 46? I thought you said 40. No, it's 46. I can't wait that long. And and he was like, eh, he's divorced, everything. He's like, I'm learning the second time around, like, why certain things didn't work because I was so immature and I didn't mature until I was older. I'm like, that is petrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is scary. 
I just can't with immature people. Like, it just annoys me. I mean, I'm definitely immature in certain ways, but like life decisions or like being a, like an adult, just be an adult. Like, yeah, you know, like that sounds bad. But. Yeah. Who would you trade places with for a day? Oh, you asked me this last time. And this was this is good. Who'd you say? I think I said I'd be intrigued to trade places with like a celebrity. Like I would like to know what it's like. And I know, of course, this is my answer. But like, I would just want to know just to see like, if you own multiple businesses, like how your day-to-day business goes or like walking around, like having no privacy. I'm just intrigued by all that kind of stuff. Like, how do you live? Yeah. Who would you trade places with? I don't know. Probably a guy so I could like. Flip your hair? I think, no, that's what I said. I want to be a guy for a day just to like feel how it is to have a dick. Yeah, and like fucking swing that thing around. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Like you, you wouldn't? No, a hundred percent. I've told you this before. I'd love to be a dude for a day. They just stick their hands in their pants whenever they want. Like that thing could just fly back and forth. They're going for a run. It's going with them. That is so wild. <laughs> like the amount of questions I used to ask Michael so many fucking questions. Yeah. Like he's like enough. You, you got to stop the question. Yeah, it's just like how. Like I don't know. It's just like weird. I'd be like certain toilets. That thing touches the water. Yes. <laughs> <If> so, <laughs> what do you do with it? I honestly do. Now that you brought up the run thing, that seems so weird. Well, that's what I ask. I'm like, does that thing go flying with you? And then, like, if you sit on the couch, do you ever accidentally sit on them? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you really don't, like so many questions? Yeah, it's intriguing. Yeah. What is a book that changed your perspective? I told you this last time. I have to look up the name of it. Give me one second. I just read it a few months ago. Do you have your book on the top of it? Um, probably The Secret. That's so familiar. The secret. It's just like all about like manifestation and mm-hmm. how you can just like manifest the perfect life. And like, that's like essentially the secret to life. I have read so many books. I don't like ever remember unless like I have them on my bookshelf, which I don't. Yeah. I feel like I can't remember. I, I said this the last time, but it's called The Whole Language. It's like this pastor who, it's a true story. It's this pastor who lives in LA. He like tells a story about how he helps pretty much people in gangs and criminals and like how he kind of changes their life around. It was like, it's just fascinating. Like it's my dream to be able to help people however I can do it. But it was just really good. He wrote, he's written a bunch of books. My dad's actually read them too. It, he's like a really good storyteller and it's just, he does really like incredible stuff. That's awesome. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I think you said that last time too. So did you ever check it out? <laughs> I never got the recording. And when I edit is when I usually take in the information. Oh, okay. Interesting. I mean, if it's something like that, like obviously we're having a conversation, I'm taking in all the info, but like, I'm not, I just wrote that book down just now. So. All right. I will ask the last question. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Wait, are you done with your questions? When was the last time you cried? Oh, like actually cried? Damn, that's a hard one. I'm trying to, I mean, I cry a lot, but I'm trying to think of like the last time I cried, cried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I shed tears like every day, but cry, cry. Yeah. Talking about like just randomly. Like I, would, yesterday. I would say the last time I remember crying hard tears is probably Casey's death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like intense. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like, I feel like I cried since then about oh. something. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, but I, I can like put a name to it. Yeah. Why? When's the last time I cried? I've been reading this book. It's about a psychic medium who helps out a lot of families with lost loved ones. And I've been seriously bawling while reading. Because it's so, like, moving. She'll be connecting with their dead loved ones. And a lot of times it's kids that were lost. Like, she'll be connecting with the parents. Yeah. It's like a written, true story. Oh, okay. 
yeah, it's really good. Laura Lynn Jackson is the author. You want to check it out? I definitely will add it to my list. Yeah, but what was your question? All right. It's for both of you. What do you think the book of your life would be called? Ooh. If you had a book written about you, what would it be? You don't know? TBD. <laughs> uh, that's like a very, uh, do you know? Like, yes, because that... one time I wanted to write a book about, like, I thought I could write a book. And I had always thought, I, of course, I always go through things like this. And I had thought of different names. And then I remember when I was like, I was like, sh- not struggling, but I was just like, being reckless a few years ago before I met Ian and like my doubt I think I had like this is gonna sound bad it's like a, a lot to admit not a lot but whatever I had access to my parents like debit card information I had like taken money from them just like going out one night stupid and I remember my dad texted me the next day saying like we were like talking and, and it was like probably like interesting to hear but he was like you're addicted to chaos and I was like that would be a good book title addicted to chaos I like that and like I I just always thought, and like, I don't think I'm still addicted to chaos, but I feel like things I had like gone through in life, it was like a chaos situation. So I just like ended up liking that. (laughs) Just like such a weird round circle way of finding that out. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have to contemplate that for a while and get back to you. I I probably wouldn't write a book or have a book written about me until I was like 50. Because I feel like I, you know what I mean? Like I haven't had enough life experiences yet. Yeah. What? That's a good. No, thank. It's a thought-provoking question. That's what you could ask your followers. You gotta fuck about your life. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been real. It's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. Real fun. (laughs) I love you. All right. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, Nicole. It was fun having you guys, and uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode. That's it for today's episode. I hope you loved it. Reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know what's resonating. I love to hear from you. And reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really does go a long way. And I'm so grateful for you all. I love you all. Thanks for listening.